Uh, Jesus Christ, you guys. Um, all right, so are we all here again? We're all here. Yeah, yeah we're all here. We've been talking about opportunities to go boating. I to go boating? You are. You should have been here, but but you aren't. But do you mean with like with like a boat on the water or like a bone in the vagina? No, no, a a a. You know the one where you're you're in a pleasure craft. Does that make it more specific? <laughs> Afternoon, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are a good podcast about bad books, movies, and TV. This is episode number 246. We have now done as many episodes as the Ferrari Dino 246 GT, the mid-engine car from Ferrari that is, of course, just like the Dino 206, but with a Cavallino Rampanti on the fuel filter. Wow. Wait, there's a car that's done as many episodes as us? Well, I think they started on the Dino 206 and then jumped to 246. Oh. I think that's cheating. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I think that's just starting your podcast at episode 500, you know? Yeah, which is, it, you know, they do that with, like, checkbooks. That's not a bad idea to make you seem like you've written more checks. Yeah, that's right. Do you guys remember checks? Yeah, I still pay rent with a check. I've written four checks. Yeah. In my life. Ever? Yeah. Yeah. So you're on you're on check number four. 505. Well, you, no, no, definitely, like, they're not going to give me a 495 more of them. Or whatever, <laughs> uh, yeah, they're just horses. I, I, I They were like, yeah. you get these for free. You can pick whichever design you want. And then I was like, I just, like, was, like, feeling stupid, and I got one with a bunch of different horses playing. Nice. Back in my check. And then I forgot about <laughs> it, and my check showed up. So every time I have to write a check, it's just like, you're not an adult. Like, like I'm just, I had to hand it to these mean people. And this is like the best argument we could possibly have against space bucks. Why not pay with the delightful picture of horses? <laughs> uh, wait, when are we having the debate for or against space bucks? I mean, I'm pretty for space bucks. When did that happen? I don't know. In the space debates? About bucks? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's just go with space bucks. I'm fine with space bucks. <laughs> so I just did the thing about about the Ferrari. Yeah. Speaking of things that can get your pulse racing, this week we're talking about two <laughs> movies. Endless Love, the 1981 film starring Brooke Shields and Martin Hewitt and adapted from the Scott Spencer novel of the same name, as well as Endless Love, the 2014 film starring Alex Pettifer. Pettifer? Pettifer. And Gabriella Wilde. Petticoat. Yeah. And having nothing to do with the Scott Spencer novel of the same name. Wow, Alex, how'd they work that out that we watched two movies of the same name in in one episode? I I mean, magic is the only answer. Yeah. Weird, (laughs) freaky coincidence. Yesterday was Friday the 13th, and, and now we're watching two movies. It would have been an amazing sponsorship if they'd also sponsored the book and we just did the whole run. But fortunately, we didn't have to do that. I hear the book is really dark. It's like, dude's an unreliable narrator, your favorite thing, and he's just a stalker. Well, I mean, I that's kind of like the movie. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> At least the first movie. I like the idea of him as a stalker, which the 2014 version decided to do away with him having any personal flaws at all and just make him a perfect human being. That guy was so easy on the eyes, it was ridiculous. That Alex Pfeiffer, what's his name? Yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer's son. Hello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hate.
Uh, this week's episode is sponsored by audiblepodcast.com slash weep. If you go to that address, send for a free trial membership, you can get a free audiobook of your choice from over 100,000 titles, and you support our show. You can get this novel to see what source material these movies are ignoring. Yeah. But more importantly, this week's episode was sponsored by Jocelyn, who says this, quote, Having watched the remake of Endless Love on opening weekend and then going back and watching the Brooke Shields version, I found myself thinking far too much about both films and what they said about the times in which they were crafted. Hopefully, your fair and unbiased criticism can help us put this issue to rest. So we are looking into the movies and their times on behalf of Jocelyn. That's our mission today. Okay. <laughs> all right. But maybe right. instead of putting that issue to rest, we'll have it stay up all night and fuck its boyfriend in front of a fire. <laughs> <laughs> and then we won't do so, so good on the French test. <laughs> and don't forget to have your uh, mom if you, watch it. That's the oh, point. yeah. And then, and then so mom, mom's weirdly into it. The fact yeah. that we're... She's mesmerized. Yeah. Oh, oh I'd say she's dazzled. Yeah. <laughs> well, she, she hasn't seen anything that I mean, young she, and firm in a while. That other guy yeah. Pretty yeah. doughy. And that's just talking about her daughter. <laughs> oh. oh! It's super gross, I know. Uh, if, you want us to forge, if you want to force us to watch any movie and its remake and comment on how the times they are a-changing... <laughs> Go to read-weep.com, sign up for our mailing list, and you can find out when more episodes are available, and you can sponsor an episode of your choice. Do that. Read-weep.com. Sign up for our mailing list right now. All right. Let's, let me introduce you my panel uh, to the panel for today. I'm Alex, Alex Falcone, at Alex underscore Falcone on Twitter. I'm today recording from uh, the lovely Rogue River Inn and Suites or something like that in Medford. Uh, joining us today, first of all, first of all, he's at C. Walter Smith on Twitter. He's in Brooklyn, New York. Please welcome Chris Smith. Alex, what would you do if I died? Would you die too? I mean, yeah, eventually. Because our hearts are connected and beat as one? And that's why neither of us uh, can go jogging. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely need two hearts to go jogging together. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was uh, in shape. Also- also joining us today, she's at the Tanya Best on Twitter, uh, sitting in for Papa Ezra. Please welcome back Tanya Davis. I can't make love to anyone but Jade. Oh, God. <laughs> It'd be a crime against love. Yeah. That's all I got, I mean, guys. You know, that's not a great line, but on the other hand, it was definitely the right call not to sleep with Jade's mother. Was it? Yeah, don't be so suburban, Alex. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're trying to get Jade back, this is a bad tactic. Well, yeah. I don't know no, that, like, it... pinning her to a bed was a great tactic. I mean, I guess it worked, so well, who am dad... I to disagree? My dad told me yeah, nothing gets was... you over the last one like the next one, so. <laughs> <laughs> like the last one's mom. Yeah. Let's hear more about that, Shane. I feel like yeah. it might be a more interesting episode. <laughs> Well, no. Well, if it comes up again, but I don't want to force it. I'd like this to seem natural. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That voice that you hear uh, joining us again, he's at Syrup Mountain on Twitter in Portland, Oregon. It's Shane Torres. Oh, it's me. Uh, (laughs) what, What character did you associate the most with in this film? These films. Um... I really like that black kid that was in Hunger Games that was also in it. Yeah. I thought he was pretty great. He was a good dancer. 
Um, he was a good dancer. Yeah. So that's are, where, are that's you where a him good and dancer, I, Shane? Him and I meet. Yeah. <laughs> that's the center of your Venn diagrams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We both we both snappy dancers. And uh Yeah. Yeah, that was it. You would be great at a party that has some forced entertainment. Yeah, that was creepy. Yeah, who's ever been to a party yeah. where, like, okay, couple, like, everybody pair off, and then for 30 minutes, we want you to make up choreography? Yeah, if by party you mean, like, improv rehearsal, I've been to those, and oh. it's not the best. <laughs> yes, and? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what this sounded like. I was like, oh, this seems like a team-building camp all yeah, of a sudden. Yeah, it, it was a corporate exercise camp. Yeah, let's get her dick up. And they were good dancers. Right. Their routines were great. That was the other thing. Everybody was crushing it. Except for our lucky yeah. couple. Yeah, and since when does the romantic entry always win? I feel like all the other ones were so much more interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, their their romantic one was just, like, surprisingly kissy. That's all it had going for it. Basically. Yeah. 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 I'll take the uh, couple who right. did crazy arms. <laughs> well, let's go. Let's, let's take this back a little bit. Let's go to the beginning. Chris, why don't you summarize for us... Uh, the plot of both of these movies oh, in the style of a young man in love. Okay. 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 I got this. Um, so 1981 endless love is the story of David and Jade. Uh, and they are dating and they come from very different families. Uh, David comes from lawyer house where his parents are always busy and have coworkers over and are wearing glasses and looking at papers saying how it, the records got to be there. And and then Jade lives in Party House, where they just have parties all the time. And, like, they dress in tuxedos and things, and they just have live bands and drinking parties at the age of 16 and stuff like that. Um, David is 18. Jade is 15 or 16. Um, so he's going to graduate high school, and she's still going to be in high school. Um, and, you know, over I'd like at Party... To, I'd like to clarify. I'm, I'm 99% sure she's 15, he's 17. I think that 18 barrier for him is a big legal difference oh right 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 right. it's not statutory yet um so or if it is his record will be expunged yeah exactly it'll go on his permanent record after that yeah so uh over at party house at jade's house um her dad is like some sort of artist her mom's a writer and they're very free permissive parents oh she has an older brother who's a young james spader by the way he's keith and he was friends with david first and that's how they met um but over at party house they're very permissive so when jade and david start uh sleeping together uh for the first time in front of a fire do we know that's the first time yeah it seemed like the first time to me i mean except for I mean, it seemed like the first time in the way they talked about it and got into it, the action seemed very unlike any first time. I well, feel like well they wasn't... looked super bored during. <laughs> Definitely reminded me of my first time. <laughs> Everyone. Yeah, the girl's mom walked in and was just dazzled by your your naked body being entwined by her daughter's naked body. Well, no, she was on top, so she didn't really see much of me. But the rest of it's pretty close. <laughs> Your Your first time you made her be on top, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always been a generous lover. (laughs) (laughs) I would like for someone to get a sense of accomplishment out of sex with me. Like, I don't want to just teach a girl to... You're generous, like, you you let her win. That's how you're generous. You know, feed them to fish or whatever. Teach them to fish and maybe they'll never have sex with you again. (laughs) I guess I felt like there wasn't much dialogue or anything to support it no, 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 not no. being or being their first time. I thought it's... it was implied, but um, anyway, I thought she, 
maybe to me it was the way I think she said something like, I want to experience this with you. I thought that's what. I'm pretty sure she said that in the second movie. Yeah, I'm super confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't I, anyway, yeah, it's definitely your first time in the new one. Yeah, so here's what happens. They get to fucking. Yeah, that's and true. David and, and Jade, uh, they get to fucking, and they like it so much that David's always coming over to stay the night. That they decide to do it again he all wants, the time. He uh, wants to do it again and again and again, such that Jade uh, is falling behind on her studies and her sleep. And so because of that, and her dad at first was like in principle cool with just random guy coming over to to screw his daughter every night but then <laughs> in uh, yeah in principle and then <laughs> we, and then as time wore on in fact he it, it was worked not on paper but in practice he didn't love it yeah he it's didn't like love communism, it communism so yeah. he uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right no one should ever try having a guy come over to fuck his daughter particularly the <laughs> russians but <laughs> i mean in his defense i'm pretty like i like i feel like I'm sex positive. I liked their sex positivity, but they were kind of rubbing it in his face. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean, like they, they were just had the, the door open. open, or in the middle of the living room. Yeah, they just oh, had yeah, the would, door open, being naked. You know, between. Would she just like walked in and was just like, "Hey, Dad, what's up?" Or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Just like, I'm, I'm gonna go hop on this real quick. Or yeah. Whatever. <laughs> so yeah, so at the end of the first act, basically, uh, Dad says, "You know what, David." You can't see my daughter during the school year. It's 30 days until, you know, the end of the school year. Just don't see my daughter um, because she needs to keep her studies up, blah, blah, blah. And he's really upset by this. And so what he does to try to prove that he's a good guy for this family is he gets inspired by his friend, of uh, the film debut of Tom Cruise, who mentions that yeah. he started a fire once and acc- accidentally or on purpose and then put it out and his parents thought that he was a hero. So David gets inspired by this and lights Jade's parents' house on fire and tries to put it out by hitting it with a sack, I guess. Uh, and that super doesn't work. And so the it's house... like an oily stack of newspapers he lights <laughs> on fire. It's like... Yeah. It... So this is our first opportunity to talk about how these are signs of the times. In the 2014 version, he wasn't able to light a pile of newspapers on fire because he could not find that many. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's weird. He did find phone books, though. That's yeah, there's always phone books, but it was soggy. And if, you can't like <laughs> yeah. a soggy phone book. Um, anyway, the uh, so he is caught and convicted of arson, and because it's his first offense, and because he, you know, the judge took pity on him, instead of going to jail for years and years, he went to a psychiatric hospital for five months. Where, let's just say, he's not the kind of person who's hard enough to survive mentally being in a in a psychiatric institution for a number of months. So he starts going crazier because of his situation. What? Oh, and sending letters and to Jade. Oh, yeah, and he's sending letters to Jade, which he's expressly forbidden to do by the court. Like, he's not allowed to have any contact with these people. Um, so eventually he gets out of the uh, mental institution, and he's, like, a little worse for wear. And What I like about that is that he was not mentally deficient in any way when he started being in there and he went crazy well besides the fact that well yeah it's true but i mean teenagers are crazy anyway well right right but i know yeah totally but like their system in there was like we bring them in insane as soon as they go crazy we release them back into the wild it just seems backwards to me yeah he was like i'm going crazy let me out and they were like okay (laughs) that sounds reasonable (laughs) yeah the prison let him out for bad behavior that's weird yeah weird um, so he gets out and he hears that Jade's family, like, you know, because of the trauma of losing the house and the parents weren't all that happy together, you know, but they, uh, they split inspired up. Inspired by watching them have sex. Yeah. So, um, basically, 
Jade's mom and dad split up, and Jade's mom lives in New York. So David <laughs> decides to just go to New York, and he like visits Jade's mom, and he finds out where Jade lives. Uh, his mom hits on him and tries to seduce him, and he says, no thanks. And then um, he sees Jade's dad in the street, because Jade's dad also lives in the area. And um, Jade's dad sees him and, like, runs across the street to try to kill him. And while he's running across the street, he wasn't paying attention to the crosswalk, and he gets hit by a taxi and dies. That's <laughs> so funny. He, like, goes so flipping funny. through the air. It's amazing. And apparently, apparently, this is, like, a legendary stuntman, like, flip. Like, the flip that is done in service of this, like, this moment where he gets hit by the taxi is actually, like, really impressive in, like, yeah. the stunt community. So, there's yeah, that. Yeah, a solid hit by taxi. Yeah. So Super then, solid. um... Yeah, so it's like that fire. and Meet Joe Black are my top two New York car hits. <laughs> <laughs> Meet Joe Black is awesome, but you know it's CG. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Meet Joe Black is very akin to, like, the Mean Girls. Oh, yeah, like, the Mean Girls hits. bus. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's another good one. Well, this was a lot like the Mean Girls bus in a lot of ways. Came came around suddenly. And it was yellow. Um but the, yeah. Also, it's the whole city of New York, and they're just on the same block. Yeah, isn't it? And they're weird. in a crowd of like two hundred people, and they still just like end up standing, making eye contact across the street. Yeah, it's, this is super bad luck for him. I mean, I don't like him. I don't take his side very often, but this this time, <laughs> totally not his fault. Well, and he's with his also, new so, like lady like lady wife or whoever. Or dad is with the new stepmom yeah. person. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah. anyway, Jade, and, but also like if you, if someone dies trying to murder you and you don't like you, not even self-defense, like he kills himself trying to kill you hundred percent, not your fault, right? Oh, well, sir, your hands are clean. He also lit their house on fire. Yeah. Like, that, that part, your hands are okay, still sooty yeah. from that, but there's no like blood on them, you know? Yeah. There yeah, might be yeah, kerosene there, and yeah, newsprint, maybe, but there's certainly no blood. He, exactly. He could use a little Purell and then he's fine. Yeah. So anyway, Jade and, and, uh, her brother and her mom are all really, like, sad that their dad died in a seemingly random traffic accident. And be- because Jade is sad and vulnerable, uh, David goes to her and says, I still love you. And she's like, well, I-, I don't think it's a good idea. And he's like, I still love you. And, like, holds her down on a bed until she admits that she loves him, too. And then they're, I guess, together. But then he didn't tell her he was there when her dad died. And when she finds that out, she's like, oh, no, no, no. It is off. And so... um, David apparently gets convicted to, for manslaughter, even though we were just saying his hands are clean. Somehow, in some weird movie logic, he gets convicted of... Uh, I think he broke parole. Wasn't that it? Yeah, he broke... Well, he gets into a big fight with her brother, because her brother right. comes to the hostel where they're staying and is like, pretty sure you were there. <laughs> and then the the like lady love of the husband is like, it was definitely you. And then they have a fist fight, and then he is broken parole by being near her family and, uh, and yeah. her... Yeah, yeah, so he, he goes to jail. He goes to jail, but the last shot you see is Jade walking towards him. And these are, you know, like, I, I, I should note, it's a 15, 16 year old Brooke Shields, who, uh, is, yeah. is Jade, and some, some random guy named, uh, or I forget what his name is, but played David, who's like a soap actor now. Um, but yeah, these are like young, young hot things in the 80s. Um, and, you know, this movie involves like, uh, fire and death. And divorce and, and all those things. And, um, and it was kind of dark a little bit, you know, with mental wards and jail and all it that. It was really dark, I thought. Yeah. Contrast Wait. to the 2014 version, which. Yeah, is- now let's, now let's hear the summary of the 2014 version in half the time. Okay, cool. Uh, there's still Jaden David. It was David. a little less long, too. Yeah, there was, there's Jaden David. They live in Georgia now. 
Um, and Jade is a shy girl for reasons. And David has liked her all high school. They both are graduating high school, and he goes and like goes and talks to her and makes her take a joyride with him. They fall in love. Uh, her dad doesn't like David because David's a greasy mechanic type guy, even though he's you know ruggedly handsome. And and Jade's a really rich girl who has a who's gonna be a doctor one day like her daddy. And so dad really doesn't like David hanging around. Uh, but they get together like he anyway. Dislikes him more than seems fair. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, it's a caricature. Um, and considering how far out they go to prove that David is a flawless individual in this movie, <laughs> yeah, that completely seems like flawless. Kind of a dickhole. Not a stalker, just flawless. And uh, so they're, you know, they go to a lake house. They do other stuff. While Jade and David are together, Dad is plotting to get rid of David. So he gets a restraining order. Does all this stuff. Um, and then they get together anyway by the end. And, and dad comes around. Dad comes around. And that's it's basically really the movie. There's very little to explain about this movie. It's just <laughs> that they're in love, they're in love. It doesn't work for a few minutes, they're in love. Oh, I yeah. think you missed some of the subtext. Uh, <laughs> right, like, getting high at the zoo. That was yeah, subtext, well, I guess. The, yeah, well, like, there's parts of it that were just like, I feel like the guy read who rewrote it just read part of the script, like halfway, and he was like, oh yeah, there was a fire in there. And then he doesn't like... Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah like, it felt like... <laughs> To me, it felt like like one of those twenty four hour film festivals where they're like, "All right, you have to get these four elements in. It doesn't matter how or where, but you have to have a fire, sex, uh, and dad is angry." Go. Yeah, and then they just like made a totally different movie with those same four elements. Yeah, but was there fire? There wasn't fire. Yeah, there was. There's a fire in the second one because. Oh, that's right. But dad starts the fire accidentally. Dad accidentally burns his own house down again because the which is is a metaphor because his house is his family. And he's tearing them apart. Wow, you sure nailed that one, Shane. (laughs) This movie is about the dad setting his house on fire as opposed to the the story of Endless Love originally, which was psycho kid stalks (laughs) daughter and ruins the family's life. Yes. It really, really, really moved it around. (laughs) I felt like it was actually building a little bit more on, on the potentially permissive parents of the 80s like it was like sort of like a cautionary tale oh yeah it was, it was like, like if you let your children do whatever if you talk openly about sex with them at the dining room table just expect this to happen oh yeah because like it's all about like, like old anti-marijuana ads or something yeah, yeah. Well, like the parents smoke pot were, and then eat a baby yeah the parents who are bad parents are the ones who were like you know the the hippies of the 60s now in the 80s and having kids and so, like, the 80s were sort of a reaction. The conservatism of the 80s was, like, saying, no, that's not such a good idea. Maybe you should just, like, work on having successful kids. Was there a dead son in the first one? Did I miss Yeah, that was a confusing, like, every, like, all of the, like, sort of weird social subtext was replaced by, like, we had a son, but he died. <laughs> which, which was like the reason for a lot of things in the film it was like she's gorgeous and unpopular because she had a brother who died and she was sad for <laughs> and all so high she school. was sad for like the last two years of high school so nobody knew who she was but she's dropped dead gorgeous and she's dropped yeah. dead gorgeous yes. but nobody would Super ever be hot. friends with someone who had a brother who died so <laughs> i mean i don't i wouldn't want to do yeah that. i would always oh. avoid someone whose family was in mourning yeah, uh, I also I think mean, it's a cautionary tale against young for young men. That's like no matter what you do, her dad will never like you, so don't try. That's not true. Well, but then, because <laughs> <laughs> you know when the house is burning down, the second one, he's grabbing all of his sons' like plaques and oh yeah, uh, all the memorabilia. My son's like, football yeah. trophies. Yeah, he's got all those. Yeah. 
And then he looks at the kid, got the kid like got knocked out or whatever. David gets like he's a, he's like passed out or whatever from smoke inhalation. He looks at the trophies and then he looks at him and he puts the trophies down. He's like, "Oh, that's my son now." Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. what I thought happened yeah. too. He's like, "I yeah, guess I could have another hand. son, a different son." Not to mention the fact that he has another son yeah. that he like refuses to acknowledge or be <laughs> yeah, nice to. Just, yeah. yeah, he's like, "Yeah, you're all right, I guess." That's true. That's such a funny. That's so true. He does like he grows to accept the guy who's fucking his daughter, but not at all accept his son. Yeah. All right, let's jump in now to our let's do our compliments, you guys. Let's do our major compliment now. You can do yeah. either movie, eight, 81 or, or 14. Uh, but Shane, as the guest, you have the right to go first or last in the opening compliment. Which would you prefer? Uh, I think I'll go last because I'm not super familiar with the segment. I don't quite remember how it went. Perfect. All you got, all we're gonna have to do is you have to say something nice about either of these movies. We start and end with a compliment. It's called the compliment sandwich. It's how we seem like fair and legitimate criticism. Uh, Tanya, why don't you start off to show Shane how it's done? Give us a compliment. You to guys should call movies. this podcast spoiler alert or something else. Is it, what if somebody I'm really sure wanted to see another this podcast movie. called that already? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's mine. Yeah, and also, I don't feel mostly what we do is we try to stick to only movies and shows and books where if we ruin it for you, it's not going to it's making your life better. <laughs> you're doing yeah. the So Lord's our work. show is more called yeah. like spoiler alert, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I I will say as my compliment, I mostly lived for James Spader in the 1981 version. Oh, he was amazing. Um, and and then uh, to, that to, hair. To, oh God, the hair. Shirtless James Spader was really very enjoyable. Um, I, I just feel like he he added a lot of of solace to something that was otherwise really difficult to yeah. deal with. You're just like feathered hair and pathos, you yeah. know, just walking yeah. around. I will also say, uh, just to balance it out a little bit, my compliment for the 2014 version was musical variety because oh. in the 1981 version, there's really one song and that song is Endless Love. And anytime yeah. anything happens, really, like the one of the opening scenes, they play the song in its entirety, which is fine. Someone's like performing it at their house party, great. And then anytime anything else happens, <laughs> some segment of endless love plays in the background, like a string quartet or something. It's like, yeah, it's yeah, pretty yeah. It just re- they, they think- really they kept it very consistent to the point where I had an endless love count going that got up to fourteen. <laughs> 14 really? different times, you guys. It's good you weren't playing a drinking game. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I held on it's to my sobriety. endless drunk. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I like so, the musical variety. I also like that the second movie was only an hour 44. I thought that was a smart choice, since they cut all the plot out of it to def- to trim it down as yeah. nice. Yeah. Tight yeah. and right in 2014. Is that your minor compliment or your major compliment for the 2014 version, Alex? No, no, my well, I'll just I'll do my major comment now, which is uh, for Tom Cruise in the eighty-one version. He's weird as, we, as Chris mentioned, he's weird looking. But as he mentioned, this is his film debut, and he plays a friend who has basically one line, which it, he just pops up out of nowhere and goes, "Why don't you burn the house down?" and then disappears for the rest of the movie. And that's <laughs> and I love that character who just is like just the bad idea character when you're like. You don't want the main character to come up with his own bad ideas, so he just goes to a football practice, and a guy's like, I don't know, I bet no one's ever gotten in trouble for arson. 
Totally. <laughs> no one ever gets in trouble for arson. Also, here's a look up my shorts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You get to see up his shorts, and then he ruins everybody's life. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Hey, I think what it's if a you set the character. house on fire? No one would catch you. <laughs> <laughs> also, I like that his choice for that whole scene was just laughing hysterically. Like, here's something crazy I did. <laughs> Nobody knows yeah. why. Yeah. yeah it really I like, wasn't that I like funny. it so much. I like imagining this couple, like, if they did stay together and it's, like, ten years later and they've got a couple of kids and they're, like, getting out of the car at a grocery store and then Tom Cruise just peeks out from behind the station wagon and is like, no one's ever gotten in trouble leaving the kids in the car and then disappears. (laughs) (laughs) He's just dude who ruins everybody's life for no reason. That's my major compliment. Chris, what is your major compliment? My major compliment is I realize that I am a lot like Jade in the 2014 movie. And that is... If you, you are lovely. Well, you thank you. You sound hot. Oh, I am. <laughs> you are blonde. <laughs> but uh, So blonde. <laughs> so blonde and so waifish. No, um... You are, point, you are pointy-faced. Oh, thank you. No, uh, what I mean by that, of course, is that uh, in this movie, when she's uh, reluctant to get in the car with David, David says... Uh, she call, he calls her by her first name and her last name. He says, Jade Butterfield, you get in this car right now. And I realize that if you call me by my first name and my last name together, <laughs> I'll probably do the thing that you're telling me. You're like, Chris Smith, get out here. And I'll probably go, you know? What if I said Christopher Smith? Would that be enough to get would, you in? I would come running instead of walking. Oh, man. Christopher Butterfield Smith. Yeah, you just call uh, yeah, me Jay like Butterfield, that. and I'll do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that finished. Uh, Shane Torres, give us your compliment now. Uh, okay. Um, I didn't find anything I liked about the first one at all. Really? <laughs> <laughs> but you liked uh, the second one, right? I like. I know I'm going to get a lot of grief for this in about ten seconds, but I actually kind of liked it, uh, and I think it's be. I don't know. Uh, it's probably just because I'm emotional these days. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'll like this. <laughs> but it was, uh, like, everything, like, it was like this thing of, like, every scene in the movie w- that wasn't involving her father was a perfect moment. <laughs> like, yeah, someone's like, you know, like, remember when he wrote that on the back of the dirty truck window and then he fingered me in the back of the dirty truck or whatever? <laughs> so it's just, Wait, did so, I miss that? Did somebody get blasted? <laughs> <laughs> it was implied. Oh, like I see. I, like the I don't know if anything happened there, but that would be the thing you could get away with in that without your friends noticing. Not that I mean, wait. in the 2014 version, wait, wait. What? you could get away with that without your friends noticing. <laughs> no, just when? The way they were positioned with the window. Oh, you just mean like in this particular truck driving situation? Yeah, I thought you just meant in general. And I was like, like Alex, <laughs> I think you think you're sneakier than you are. <laughs> I've, uh, My blaster is set to silent. <laughs> I've blasted many a woman in the back of a dirty pickup. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Somehow the detail that is just filthy is really yeah. the worst. Well, it is, because, yeah, otherwise, what is he writing, I love you, in, in it's like window dirt. So. Yeah, it's true. It's you true. don't want to make Hopefully sure you, you have, have like, fingers. some, like, moistened towelettes before and afterhand. <laughs> Did it bother anyone else that he didn't bother to write Y-O-U? He just wrote, like, this really sloppy-looking U. <laughs> Well, at that point, I knew what he was saying, and I was like, just get it over with, buddy. I wish wish you had written out, I love spending time with you. (laughs) This is great. Please don't go. Your dad's kind of a dick. It's just all across. I also, I actually like the soundtrack. (laughs) 
from it too. I can't help not it. just for the variety. You like the songs. I liked a couple of the songs. Yeah, I like I liked a couple of them. I know it's not a like a good thing for me to say that, but it's true. You said you were going to get a lot of shit for it. We've kind of like let. We're, we're, I guess we're letting you go pr- off pretty easy here, right? Yeah, I don't Do you want to be I'm more a... specific about which songs really got your heart raising? <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> I have a I have a proclivity for uh, songs that are in movies. So uh, let's see. Uh, there was Lord Huron's Ends of the Earth. Yeah. I, got, I, I shazammed a bunch of this stuff. <laughs> During the film? <laughs> yeah. You were shazamming You were like, holding up your phone and you'd be like, huh. Yeah. <laughs> that guy's all, all right. right. Yeah. Huh. It's not like I was in a theater. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a nice little pile of compliments, but now we're going to have to switch gears, Shane. We're going to have to turn tone that down a little, because we're going to get into our hate segment now. So, in any order, we're just going to... Well, I don't got anything for you on the second one. I don't got anything for you. Well, you can focus on 81, (laughs) uh, but we're going to play Endless Hate. So, in any order, with someone you didn't like about any of these movies. Okay. Uh, So, I'll go... I guess I go first? Yeah, go for it. Okay. The the thing I didn't like about the first one the most was, like, uh, when he was mean to the... His like bunkmate in the uh, in the uh, insane asylum or wherever he was at. Like, what's his name, Leonard? Yeah. And he's like, he just yeah. grabs him and shows him to his parents, and he's just like, "Look, you want me to fucking be like this guy?" <laughs> <laughs> That's really harsh. Yeah. That was like, yeah. You want to be like this, this piece of shit in the exact same situation as me? Not Shane, just just for yeah. audience, for contrast, for contrast. When he started at the insane asylum, before he had gone crazy, Leonard was crying, and he like got up to see what's wrong. And then, like you know, when he's all when he's gotten crazy by being around the crazy people, when he's like visiting his parents, he's like, oh, "I hate Leonard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Leonard's the yeah, worst." Oh, yeah. I like the performance by Leonard, where it's like, "You don't want me to become like this piece of shit," and Leonard is like, "Well, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a piece of shit." Yeah, Leonard's been there a little longer. If, if David if David yeah. had stayed any longer, he probably would have been the new Leonard. If you play your cards right, you could be the new Leonard around here. You look like a young Leonard to me. Like some creepy orderly. Yeah. I felt like... Yeah. Did you guys notice that some of the physical stuff, like, I guess the Leonard thing, but also, like, just go along with that, some of the other physical acting was just so on the nose in the 81 version. Like, when Dad dies, like, after they do the awesome flip, they show a shot of the, the real actor who plays Dad who's, like, twitching with his arms up like a bug. And then, like when they when they're fighting each other, when David and Keith are fighting in the in the hostel, like they're not fighting so much as a like, playing a game of what cheap furniture can we break and like wrestle on because they yeah, just they break like table yeah, after chair. It was like chair. an old western. All of a sudden, they like go flying through a window, and then someone breaks a bottle over someone's head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they were, and it was like no one was throwing punches. It was like a hockey fight. Like, yeah, like, without yeah. punches, they were just like grabbing each other's shirts and rolling around on the ground. Yeah. And he's like, you killed my father, you son of a bitch. I'll kill you. Great dialogue. It was really yeah. good stuff. <laughs> I also, I mean, I, I think one of my larger hates is that I just didn't get what the big fuss was about Brooke Shields. Like, she's lovely to look at. I do understand that. However, her voice in this movie... <laughs> oh, is yeah, she's pretty terrible. Just oh. so squeaky Wait, and so terrible. You didn't and she's dumb, you never... too. Oh, she is, could that. never love someone with a squeaky voice? Is that what you're saying? No, I just, I couldn't deal with her, like, 
ineptitude and also just like that like like because so much of what you end up like once you're done sleeping together all the time like you also have to talk to people yeah she had nothing so... good to say no you don't <laughs> no you don't uh, well she... you guys might find out my opinion about that in the ad in a little bit she really uh she really played the babe in the woods thing up like she was always just kind of like duh and all shucks about everything yeah yeah. They had such weird, blank, half-open-mouthed expressions all the time while looking at each other. It was just like, yeah, I couldn't like tell if they were, like... a math problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and it's okay. worth in, noting that, like, Brooke Shields is in guys. the middle of building a cottage empire on being, like, a 15-year-old who's mostly in movies where she, like, has a lot of sex. Because she's coming fresh off of Blue Lagoon oh, in, right. in 1981. Like, this oh, was is, this post-Blue Lagoon? I, this is post-Blue Lagoon. I feel like the the, uh, the public was just like, let's see that again. And so... <laughs> Less water, more fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, next it's her, like, having a lot of sex near Earth, and then wind. <laughs> Here's something that I hated about the 2014 version. Uh, it's super boring. I know you like, you, the you like the music, but it's like somebody watched the 1981 version and was like, there are two problems I need to update. Number one, she needs to be 17 and not 15 for legal reasons. And number two, we need to get rid of all the inciting action. Yeah. yeah. That's it. They and just like, take out all of the plot elements, hey, and all of forget, the character development. It has, a ha- it has a happy ending in the la- in the second one. It does. And here's the line, I mean, just to illustrate this, here's the line that starts the conflict. David says to her dad, you know, I really respect your daughter, sir. I think she's amazing. And that just, the fuse is lit. <laughs> like <laughs> what sort of like weird like it's it's like bumper bowling like there there's nothing that really is going wrong yet dad still manages to fuck it up and bowl in the wrong lane. Well, and also the dad in that in the 2014 version is having an affair and that never like gets addressed. Like yeah, yeah, and, but and just David like fine. walks in on him like making out in the wine boat closet. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't clear what that closet was for. Both wine and boats. Wine, boats. And he went, in there, so, to a, and he went in there for sparklers. It was also a fireworks closet. Oh, right. Well, well, I mean, uh, you it's only natural to keep your wine, boat, and fireworks supplies in the same place. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually, it does, wait, that does make sense. In this movie, there's almost always fire. It, like it's, the, it's that old saying, where there's sex, there's fire. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to put fireworks there because they're making out in front of it. Yeah. How great a twist would it have been if the, their dad had just shot David on the boat and left him in the lake? That would have been a different movie. Yeah. David, you ever hear of Natalie Wood? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you ever seen Godfather 2? Born in the fires of a space volcano, he bravely fought in the space crusades for both sides. Now, Space Shark travels the cosmos, righting wrongs and wronging rights. Tonight's episode, Loveless End. We find Space Shark and his wife, Rebecca, sitting outside of their summer home on the moon lake of tranquility. Rebecca, do you ever wonder if the magic is gone between us? What do you mean? When was the last time we ran through the woods and you showed me the side of your underwear? I don't know, uh, a couple months? It's been a year, Rebecca, a year. We've grown up. We had a whirlwind romance as kids, but now we're married adults. It's a different kind of love. Deeper, more, ah, less, ah. 
Yeah, that's what I thought it would be, too, but I feel like I don't know you at all. Of course you know me. We had sex in front of the fireplace. Yeah, and your mom watched. I remember that. You know what we haven't done, though? Had a conversation about it. I'm sure we talked about it. Never. We talked about other stuff, though. Remember that time at the party I rested my head on your shoulders? Yeah, that's not a conversation. Huh. We snuck you out of my parents' house in the mornings after sex. That's something. Yeah, uh uh-huh. Still not a conversation, though. Damn. Uh, we must have talked at some point. What about when we... No, no, that was sex, too. But you're right. Yeah, that was not a conversation, either. (gasps) I remember. You burned my house down. That was great. Still not an exchange of words or ideas. You're right, Space Shark. Our whole relationship is built on underage sex and arson. Before this, right now, the longest conversation we ever had was, I love you, I love you too, and I wrote my half of the words on the window of a moving truck. Let's start now. Uh, one of my interests is I love reading books. I buy them from read-weep.com slash Amazon, and a portion of it goes to my favorite podcast. I don't have time to read physical books. I'm always flying around, so I like to listen to audiobooks from audiblepodcast.com slash weep. I got a free audiobook and my choice for si- of my choice for signing up for a trial membership, and I supported my favorite podcast at the same time. Hey, that's something. Even if I go to read-weep.com slash Amazon to buy real books and you listen to those weird audiobooks from audiblepodcast.com slash weep. at least we both like books and supporting our favorite podcasts. Okay, let's say our favorite podcast on three. Ready? One. Two. Three. three. The Slate Political Gab Fest. Huh. We have nothing in common. Do you want to set something on fire and have sex near it? I love you! It doesn't matter how you like your books, you can still support your favorite podcast. Let's say what we want to arson on three. One, two, three. Nail salon! This isn't going to work. Were we talking about real shit or we talking about rhymes? You talking about millions or you talking about mine? What we talking about? Cause I ain't got time for what people be talking about all the time. What we talking about fiction or we talking about fact? You talking about fiction, hold on, card my back. I'm talking about life. life. Uh, it's time for another Read It and Weep debate. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. So today's topic is which is creepier, the 1981 version of Endless Love or the 2014 version of Endless Love. Uh, here are our sides today. For the side of 1981 version is creepier, it's Shane Torres. In the other corner, on the side, the 2014 is creepier, it's Tanya. Judging today will be Chris. I am going to be all-time offense, so whichever team needs help, I will, I will assist with whoever's making a point. will just step in and be offensive. Perfect. Yeah, that's what I do. That's what I'll do. Let's start with you, Tanya. Uh, you, here's what you're going to have to do. You have to make one point on why your movie is creepier, and then you can do one. Re- you can do rebuttals, and then we'll end with an ad hominem attack, which is going to be super awkward because you guys don't know each other. Tanya, yes. start us out. What is, what's one reason why the 2014 version is creepier? Um, I'm going to pick a, a large point about the film overall and that it is presenting a like weirdly sanitized... American dream version of family and relationships that makes no sense. I see your point as there were no Asians in this film. (laughs) (laughs) What judge? Uh, I'm the all time offense. Yeah, I'm judging. I'm just saying I see your point. Rebuttal. (laughs) Shane. Okay, wait, hold on a second. I want, I I don't see the point. Will you expand a little bit, Tanya? What is it that's like, that's sanitized? How is it, uh, How's it idealized? Well, as we've as we've established, there aren't any. There's there's really no like 
there's no moral murkiness here in the way that I think that the the 80s version really like creeps up on you with a lot of like a lot of weird mom watching and various things going on. <laughs> here it's really just a lot of angst about like people going off to be doctors or not going off to be doctors and uh, <laughs> some repressed grief situations and I feel like it it, it doesn't really uh doesn't properly play on the weirdness of teen obsession and lust. I'm just going to agree with Tanya really fast here in that what I love that you just did, Tanya, is that you might have thought that the easy answer for 1981 is creepier is mom watching them have sex. And you have – you've already taken that, turned it around on them. It's creepier in 2014 that they don't do that because it shows that they've sanitized the world. It just shows uh, that they've just, sanitized parents' wants for their children. Yeah. You, <laughs> which makes you it took, sound like I think parents and, lust and after their children, which yeah. is not what I mean. All right. So there's the point. Shane Torres on defense. Do you have any rebuttal? I think that the thing that's creepiest about the 1981 thing being way creepier than the uh, 2014 one is like that everyone's okay with her not being a doctor except her father. Like we need more doctors. <laughs> People don't get enough health. That's like really when you think about it, like everybody's going to have health care soon. We're going to need doctors. And yeah, I don't know. Shit. Also, mom watching, mom watching, mom watching is gross. Super gross. Yeah. The, okay. But if you're com- definitely if gross. You're, if you think that's worse, then let your mom watch you have sex with someone. All right. Okay. I point, mean, point yeah, taken. I think the answer to the obvious – I think the obvious question is if you're a mom and you accidentally see them having sex in the living room, how long do you watch? And the, if you answer more than zero seconds, then you're fired from Earth. Alex, <laughs> uh, I'm going to object as the judge to you. Uh, that's not all-time offense. You just supported the defense. Uh, I think Shane was going on offense with his rebuttal, so I think I'm That's doing what okay. I mm. Oh, defense, uh, defensively to her point. Respectfully yeah. declined. Shane gets the point. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Because Alex is cheating. All right. So, uh, so let's now, go Shane, then. Let's make our your point. I need whatever win I can get. 1981 is more creepy because why? Because of Leonard. Because of Leonard in the mental institution. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Did you just turn into David using Leonard as some sort of human shield? <laughs> oh, oh, we don't want to turn into Leonard. I Let meant to say how Leonard. Leonard's... Who's getting all David? Order, now? order, order, order. Finish order. my point. Stop it right there, <laughs> everyone. Hush. Uh, judge speaking here. Uh, I do enjoy it when people mock each other and go, "Oh, oh." So you're just gonna be all. <laughs> Therefore, the point goes to Tanya. What? No rebuttal required. That's a terrible call. Last point then is going to come from Tanya. What, what is your what's your second reason why 2014 is creepier? I think that there's a there's sort of a a world without any uh, any true justice in which uh, husbands and wives do what they please. Like I mean, in in the 2014 version, it's sort of gently implied that they'll find their way back to each other. The mom and dad are just sort of like, oh, you know. He had an affair and he can't get over his son's death in a healthy way. And he refuses to embrace like his remaining children or at least half of them. And uh, that's, that's, you know, that's something that I, that I still kind of love him for. And I, I'm just gonna, just gonna wait for us to, to fall in love again. I think that's deeply creepy. I want to agree with that. I think it is creepy that it's, that they just, that he's not in trouble for making out in the fire closet at all. Uh, or for any of his not... other behaviors, all of which yeah. were really suspect and weird. All right. Yeah. Rebuttal, Shane Torres. 
Well, see, here's the problem with your point about her being like, maybe we'll find our way back to each other. She knows they're not getting back together, but this daughter of hers is in such a fragile state, she needs to give her some kind of hope in the moment. She can't just crush her completely. So you see, it's not really about her believing they're getting back together. It's about her protecting her kids, which is what the dad thought he was doing the whole time. So, is it about protecting so, the kids or is it about protecting the audience from some kind of reality? This family has uh, already been through a severe loss and they can't look, manage to get their brains if, around the idea of a divorce? We don't know if he kissed that woman in the boathouse or if he fingered her. But we do know <laughs> one thing. <laughs> and that he, uh, if, he, if, he, if he finger crackered her? <laughs> finger sparklered her. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He sock puppeted her. Uh, what he did oh, was... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the line? I, that's the line? That was the line, Shane. I think that, that really, is the line. The sock puppet really took us to a different place. <laughs> I, uh, that is, that is, I just want to add one more thing, which is, according to the IMDb trivia, uh, apparently in the 1981 version, the director pinched Brooke's toe <gasps> in order, yeah, during the sex scene... Weird. In order to elicit an orgasm-like reaction. Okay, point Shane. 81 is creepier. <laughs> Thank you. Right now, we are up two to one. Shane is winning. So we're going to go into the ad hominem attack round. Uh, Tanya, since you're behind, you're going to go first. What is one you have to attack Shane personally now and not related to the movie? <laughs> personally attack Shane? Bring it, um, sister. <laughs> Nothing I mean, you can say to me, my mom it- hasn't. <laughs> Um, I, I feel like we should have that, that dismissed from the record as it, it elicits too much sympathy for, <laughs> I guess, the defendant in this case? I'm not sure. Judge, are you going to allow that to be stricken? Stop stalling. I, 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 I will. I, no, I, I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. So right. you shazammed the shit out of the 2014 film and found yeah. that you loved 90% of the treacle that they played as backing tracks. And Still I think that's for an insult. Uh, the court insult. rules that I the love the idea that Shane's music is all like just scoring to movies and background <laughs> tracks. It's like soaring, like young women singing about how trust and love are definitely alive in their hearts. Okay, or whatever I see this. this Lord Huron is. I, I see that right. uh, Tanya has has he opened is Lord with of the, all things. Yes, hey, order, order. Tanya, Tanya here has opened with the pitchfork attack. Uh, Shane. Shane. Your turn for an attack against Tanya. Bring it. <laughs> Put a little bass in your voice if you're going to talk trash, lady. Just... Wait, is that, is that it? a preview or the actual insult? No. Chris, you can do better. That's it. I don't... <gasps> wow, that's pretty good. Wow. I'm sorry. And I, I love that what... this was... I, I, no, you I shouldn't. Hey, Here's look, the thing I, I like about uh, that your, insult. Your honor, thing. your honor, your yes, honor. Yes, in light Mr. Of the, in, in light of these new elements, I would like to rest my case and dismiss all charges or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> all right, by default. And I didn't punch of- you in an Applebee's. <laughs> we were trying to determine which movie was creepier. <laughs> I what I love about your ad hominem attack though is that it's not necessarily attacking Tanya. She could be great. You know, she could be a 98 percentile, but you're just talking about how great Chris's uh, catch potential is. I think we all know Tanya's a Leonard. I think somebody's backpedaling real hard. Are your legs getting sore? (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh, The winner by default of this uh, reading web debate is the Tanya Best. Yay. Oh, is this some sort of pity thing? 
no, because Shane actually just rested his case and struck everything that he had to say from the record. I'm feeling bad. He, he rested his case and dismissed all charges, which are opposite courtroom motions. Yes. I felt, I felt like Jade's father. I realized the mistake I made. I judged her too harshly. That's why it's a great And you film. learned your lesson. Uh, well, so it's time now for the second half of our compliment sandwich, though. Let's wrap this up. One more nice thing that you have to say about either of these movies, Shane. You go first. Um, I also liked... Uh, fuck. Nope, none of it. <laughs> no. Um, I liked the way they were dressed. They were all very stylish. In which movie? One. In both of them? <laughs> no, in the second one. I thought, uh, I was like, oh, they all look good. Yeah, no. Even in baggy the, jeans. In the pedifer? first one, there's this moment. Go ahead, Chris. Oh, I just uh, even baggy jeans pedifer, who just like wore sort of like slouchy dad jeans the whole time. They did yeah. not do him any butt favors. Though. No, no butt favors or leg favors, and we're talking about a man <laughs> with a butt. Yeah, we all but, saw Magic Mike. Don't pretend you didn't. It's yeah. for butt containment purposes. People got to be able to follow the plot. If he's wearing they, a pair, is he worried? If he's wearing a if he's wearing a pair of Levi's, nobody's going to be able to follow the storyline. They're going to be mesmerized by him. <laughs> <laughs> well, he went butt containment uh, I, like he needed plenty of room in case his like ample butt like <laughs> fell off somehow. Yeah. Well, or, no, it just it tried to steal the scene. The other it tried thing, to chew the scenery. In the first one, they're all dressed very poorly. Uh, they're all schlubby. In the first one, when they break up for a day and she finds a new boyfriend, his polo shirt is too tight. Oh, when he's That's wearing that guy. football tee like he's Sarah Silverman or something. You know, it's fucking weird. Yeah. yeah. I didn't like that either. <laughs> and he's also wearing... Oh, and he's wearing the shirt when he... uh Like, he, the shirt he's wearing when her dad dies, he gets hit by the cab. And then when he walks downstairs in the hotel, he's like, I better put on the exact same shirt you I was wearing. You gotta put on my old could-it-have-been-murder shirt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, all right. Continuing backwards, Chris, what is your minor compliment? Uh, my minor compliment is, uh, for hosting duties. Um, so not only are, you know, in the 2014 version, Jade's family's house is gorgeous, their lake house even more so. Uh, but they also really understand what it means to be a host. When, when she says, uh, when, you know, she invites David to the cabin in, even though it was supposed to be a family only trip. And then, um, you know, he goes, or, or, sorry back up her dad's mad that jade invited david to the cabin and he goes he can't do that or he can't be here she can't invite him and her mom's like well she did guess she's a woman now because growing up means learning how to be a good host and i i I agree with you and i really like the host guest relationship but when you started to say uh good hosting i thought you were going to say during the party even though i thought the dance contest was too long i thought uh brother who dad hates was a pretty good MC for that contest. Oh, also a pretty yeah, also a pretty good host. Turns out, yeah. And even Keith in the '81 version is a pretty good host, inviting all those people to come over and drink and smoke. Yeah, weed and that and... party with the band seemed really fun. There's a lot yeah. of good hosting. There's some great hosting, and I yeah, admire well, good hosting. Was, it was a hosted bar. Good, it wasn't a no host bar at that party. Yeah, I've worked a hosted bar. It's uh, you give a lot, you get a little. Uh, my, my my minor compliment here is uh, that I really enjoyed that we finally got to learn more of uh, the backstory about David Axelrod. So, as you guys know, of course, David Axelrod 
was the mastermind behind both of President Obama's successful White House bids. Yes, he of the mustache. Yes, he of the mustache and the bald head, the campaign strategist, uh, was a high up in uh, the Clinton administration as well, a high advisor. Uh, and it fi- I found out he had a somewhat checkered past as a lover and an arsonist. Yeah. Well, that's how he got so good at strategizing, you know? Yeah, he was running from the cops from, and, and working in the, in the nut house, as he called it, and trying really hard to win the love of this girl yeah. through uh, obscene means. He really, yeah, and then like later on, he was a like, brilliant political strategist. He ne- was ruthless, you know, never took no for an answer. Yeah. Never doubt that arson and failed love can make you a seasoned political operative. In fact, it's the only thing that ever has. <laughs> Margaret Mead. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Margaret. All right, Tanya, what is your minor compliment? I'm just gonna just gonna keep on digging myself a, a tidy little hole here in which I uh campaign for creepy mom. Because I thought she was huh. I I sort of love how like incredibly unhinged she is, and I really got a kick out of everyone sort of just playing along and being like, Oh, of course you're wearing some super weird kimono. We think you're great. <laughs> That was the start. That was our first meeting was, of her. Yeah, that was the first time we met her. And I really, I felt like she just continued to bring the bizarre stuff all the way through. She yeah. tried really hard to remember that one quote about wine. Yeah, that seemed not that complicated. I think she really, I, yeah, I would have I would have loved to have spent more time with her. I also really enjoyed that um, she described her reaction to walking in on the making love as having been dazzled. Which, like, yeah. in that context, I don't think that's a compliment anyone should ever give. But for, I for what do it's worth, like he was having his ass is covered in diamonds, so I it was do, really the light. I do like the idea that we could bring back "dazzled" as like a reaction term. Like, I would love to say that I'm dazzled by more things, and I feel like there's a lot of potential there. Yeah, it could be really an exciting, an yeah. exciting resurgence in the use of the word "dazzled." Yeah, and that compliment. I mean, like, it was just. So few syllables away from like being like really silly, like dazzled. You're like, oh, that's pretty cool. But if she had said, I was bedazzled and just covered in rhinestones, <laughs> or she could have been razzle dazzled and just been doing a little soft shoe. Dazzled I seems guess- like what happens to the guys that the Globetrotters always play against when they make them look like idiots. It's like uh, they're doing a post game get conference. Like, oh, what? Happened? I just got dazzled. He was like, he was everywhere. I didn't that know that whistle song started playing, and <laughs> yeah. I just. And he was bouncing the ball way too high, like way higher than you would in the NBA. They're all. He was not only. He was not only having sex with her with her daughter better than she has sex, but he was doing it from the free throw line, and with a microphone on for some reason. And the whistle song was playing. Although then I was like, wait, it's not not to be confused with the whisper song. And then I just imagined the Harlem Globetrotters doing their shtick while the whisper song was playing by Yin Yang Twins. Where do you see my dick? Yeah. I know that you were talking about Sweet Georgia Brown when you said the whistle song, but I thought you were, it sounded like you were talking about like uh, uh, the uh, Jiminy Cricket give a little whistle. Oh. Oh. Or whistle while you work. Whistle while you work. <laughs> yeah, or, uh, oh, or the, or the song from Flo Rida about blowjobs where he gives really bad blowjob advice about whistling. Oh. Yikes. Just whistle through your teeth. What, Florida? Yeah, bl- <laughs> no, he's but, just a Blow my whistle. Blow my whistle. Oh. And it just seems like that would be not helpful at all. I'm just going to keep on picturing, like, lanky tall dudes, like, spinning basketballs on their fingers and going, wait, do you see my dick? <laughs> <laughs> 
That to be fair, well, that would that would really catch somebody off guard. Like, I'm about to D you up. Where do you see my dick? <laughs> D. Hard to play a, a tight it. man defense after that. <laughs> I would be dazzled by that, especially yeah. if his penis was bedazzled. I, I think that's a terrible idea. <laughs> bedazzled what penis de-dazzled? means a lifetime of finger, whatever it is now. Finger, finger crackling? What are we doing? <laughs> it's, fi- it's, it's finger trucking. Finger trucking? <laughs> yeah. Alright, you guys, that's we're gonna end it. We're gonna leave it on finger trucking. That is it for our show. We will be back again next week. Uh, next week we're talking about Gunhead, which is sponsored by Zach, who says this with a title like Gunhead, how could it not be amazing? I could think of some ways. Anyway, let's we'll find out next week. Join us again for that. In the meantime, sign up for our mailing list if you want to be able to sponsor an episode. And right now, you guys, uh, I almost forgot to mention this. Go to proudlyresents.com for the third installment of Podcrawl. Hashtag Podcrawl is finishing this week. Proudlyresents.com is reviewing Batman and Robin. So excited. And it's going to be hilarious. That should be available right now. So go check it out. And thank you all for uh, hanging out with Podcrawl. Thanks for crawling through the shows with us. Thanks for watching all the Batman movies. And check out Bonnie and Mod. Check out Proudly Resents. Those are great shows. Thank you both. Yeah, enjoy both of those shows. Thank you to them for joining us for the pod crawl. And thank you for being here at C. Walter Smith. Happy to be here, Alex. And at the Tanya Best, thanks for filling in. Always a pleasure. Thanks. And thank you so much for being here at Syrup Mountain on Twitter. Yeah, that's me. (laughs) Don't, Don't. Don't go to at Shane Torres, because that ah. is a person who's pretending to be at Syrup Mountain, and he's really great at it. Yeah, yeah. I found out who it was, by the way. Uh, yeah, anyway, this is a little, <laughs> this is inside Portland Comedy Baseball, but uh, the Shane Torres Twitter account opened up, and another comic picked it up, and did a series of tweets as if he were Shane, and they were very funny, and Shane was not happy about it. That's not true, I enjoyed him for a little bit, but not as much as I enjoyed Endless Love 2014 <laughs> Whoa! Shout right, out to we'll Lord Huron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shout out, crazy diamonds. <laughs> well, so check out Sir Mount on Twitter. Thank, thanks for being here, Shane. Thanks for making this work. I know it was a big hassle, but you did a great job. No, thank you guys. It was really fun. I had a blast. Tanya, I am right. sorry. I'm sorry. I felt like that was a little mean. <laughs> no, no. I, I really, yeah, I laughed really hard. So don't. That's <laughs> the name of the game. That was the name of the segment. It was what's supposed to happen. I said it was going to be awkward, and you guys handled it. Anyway, it'll be great. We'll talk to everybody next week. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. No refunds. Thank you. Thank you.